Spread a little aloha around the world and breakfast with Bob. Thank you, Poncho Man. Welcome, everybody, to Breakfast with Bob, our Oceanside edition. My name is Bob Babbitt. We are brought to you by Master Spas as Fuels Go Longer, Hoka Let's Fly, Form Smart Swim Goggles, Zoot, the original triathlon brand, Premium Plus Sports, Mission Pacific Hotel in beautiful Oceanside. And of course, our Challenge Athletes Foundation. We're about to send out our grants for 2023, but so far we've raised $147 million and sent out over 40,000 grants to keep Challenge Athletes in the game of life through sport. Only one of our favorite people on the planet, Kat Matthews joins us and she's on her way to do her first Oceanside 70.3. How you doing, Kat? Hi, Bob. Yeah, okay. 147,000 in grants. 147 million. Oh, how did I get that? Sorry. Wow. That's okay. Yeah, 147 million, 40,000 grants. And oh. uh, last year at this time, we sent out 3,256 grants, totaling 6.2 million for our 2022 distribution. And I think Thursday, we sent out our next round, and I think it's going to be more grants and more dollars. Could be closer That's... to $7 million in, in grants. It's, it's the best you. thing there is. <sighs> And if, and if you guys are around on Sunday to come out to the little adaptive surfing thing, you will. It's so fun watching these kids get it, get in the water for the first time is really cool. Really, really. I was actually involved um, in some of my work with the military for, through like as a physio. We were I worked at a place called Headley Court and we did some adaptive like wakeboarding and sailing. And it's yes. just it's incredible that one, the technology away. and the facilities that go into enabling that sort of activity for people with challenges to the normal, yes. like uh, completely able bodied um, yes. you know, activity, but let alone then the the extra effort and it, it that it takes to do yes. it and skill is yeah and it's funny because we started with one you know we had a triathlete who got injured so that we started with that and this last now we sent out grants now that we're, we have pickleball so 105 different sports that we sent grants out for. <laughs> we, so our first, we sent out our first pickleball grant in a couple of days actually <laughs> That's so, so great. I, I mean, i'm guessing you know from here you are on such a high, this is last year was such a phenomenal year with, you know, with everything with second at, at St. George and then um, coming off a ninth at the at PTO US Open and you're getting ready for Kona, it's going to be your first Kona and then you get hit by a car. And I'm guessing that the fact that you've worked with adaptive athletes before you realize how lucky you were because it could have been a hell of a lot worse. Yeah. Uh, the word luck doesn't um it doesn't well probably doesn't go with it <laughs> maybe down the line but when you get hit by a car and you got that well last time one of the last times we interviewed you in Kona you're with a neck brace on right <laughs> that's yeah. not a good thing yeah uh, it's not a good thing um yeah I the the, the realization of um how much I can do is really playing into like my sort of attitude to like life and training at the moment. It's, it's very much a, wow, 
I can do this. I can have a conversation. I can compete. I can, you know, like, I can't really believe. And this is where my mind, you know, are you nervous about Oceanside? It's like, I can't really believe that only six months ago and now I'm actually going to be racing. Like I'm physically okay enough to even consider racing. It yes. makes me, yeah, I'm really happy. Well, you should be happy. And, and, but there was, I'm sure during that time, I mean, coming to Kona and watching how painful was that? Obviously you're in pain to begin with, but having to watch a race that you were so ready for. Um, the, the sort of second half of the run was heartbreaking. Um, yet at the same time, it was, yeah, it was too hard. It was too hard to really watch. As soon as I was happy and like satisfied that Chelsea was going to win, because obviously that was an incredible thing to watch. Yes. I then found the whole situation a bit too hard to deal with. Um, but yeah, athletes miss races all the time. So, it, you know, one race done. It's only another, it's, it's not a big deal. It was only Kona. So the the cool part to me, besides you know the the great races you had last year in St. George, you're going back and forth on the bike with Daniela Reef, right? Who's on her way to her her fifth Ironman World Championship. In the sub eight, sub seven deal, you're with Nicholas Spirit. You know, it's like here you have this whole this these two races with two legends of the sport and you weren't intimidated in any way, shape or form, especially with Nicola, because I don't think there are many people who get passed by Nicola in a run who pass her back. I'm just guessing that if she had to make a list of how many times that's happened in her career, there's not many. You are probably on a very short list of somebody who's been passed by Nicola during a run and come back to pass her back. Yeah. It, it was a great, it was a real, like, to look back on those two races, um, the challenges, like, racing Nicola, racing Daniela, and everyone else in the field at St. George, it was a real uh, privilege. And I'm just excited to have that privilege again. Like, that's what motivates me at the moment, is to keep working every day to have those privileges in the future. So when you, uh, you like you said, you haven't raced in, in six months. So coming back, I'm sure there's been, I'm back, I'm back. Oh, and then you take a, you, you take a step backwards. How, how has coming back from the crash been? How, how hard has it been? Um, I really don't see it as like coming back. I know that's, um, cause it's not an, I think most injuries that athletes experience are, you know, like an overload and then they just try and get back to where they were before they had the little, the niggle and then the, it created an injury. Whereas this like dramatically has changed me. Um, physically, mentally, has like just totally changed where everything in my life. Um, whether it was like at that moment, yes, but gen like life itself has just changed. And I think so. Yes, I missed Kona, but like the coming back was never. It was just okay. This is where I'm at now. Wow, this is a big. There's a big like set of stairs ahead of me to to even be functional as a human again. Um, and then be able to swim. Like I, rem I remember even just, it was only a few months ago that I swam 3K and I remember thinking, cool, I can swim three kilometers. 
I can do this. Like there are some, some really big yet small steps along the way that have been really motivating just to like climb every step slow, slowly, slowly, slowly. But yeah, it's been, it's been really hard. Um, yeah. And I think I don't necessarily give myself credit for like the effort it took but equally, it's no more effort in a way than every professional athlete, every amateur athlete puts in every day to their training. It was just on a different level with a different progressive curve. So, yeah, nothing well, special. In, in getting back on the bike again when you've been hit by a car is not the easiest thing in the world because you're, mm -hmm. you're hyper sense, you're, you're, your nerves are, are right there. You're hearing every, everything, every car door, everything that's going on. Did, it, did you find yourself riding more indoors just to avoid that type of thing? Uh, no, I uh, like, I don't, and I haven't. And I think it was only, I rode outside as soon as I was physically able to, um, mm -hmm. as in like healthy and like, like, yeah, just healthy enough to ride outside as in physically able to move the bike and, and physically able to cycle up a hill. Um, it 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 has been a sort of yeah a journey of this mm -hmm. threat I guess that the cars now do sort of like I, I'm faced with that overreactive threat of oh that car could just hit me and I could just die so there's been quite a few moments that I can specifically remember just sort of basically imagining just being hit and dying which sounds again really hard but but it, it's fleeting moments and then it's like cool I'm back to enjoying the you know the the training session and I think that yeah. those things just settle down I think just like any any experience you're just your reactions just settle with time sure in terms of the injuries themselves what was the biggest were you more limited swimming were you more limited cycling running what did you find was the hardest to come back from um I think everything's quite similar, really. Um, I assumed that it would be swimming because of like the mobility that you would need in your thoracic. Yeah, turning your thoracic head, spine. all that, yeah. Yeah, but actually, um, I used the snorkel for a few, a good few weeks, if not months, um, which meant that I was able to do everything but turn my head, um, really. And so I, I actually think I sort of improved my swimming in a way but only to like help me get back quicker, not actually get better. We'll see. Um, and then the cycling, as you, as everyone knows, if you take three, four months off cycling, your power is just down. And that's, I was worried about position on the bike, like handling the bike. Would I be strong enough? Would I be able to balance? Sure. Like, would I be able to turn my neck to see if there was a car behind, like functional things that you you need to be able to cycle. And none of that, because I think I did it so slowly and progressively and did the rehab, none of those things became a problem. Um, and yeah, running, it would make sense that running was the hardest, but actually, again, I think I just committed to enough really basic low level functional things during like rehab and just took running return so slowly that I have, I picked up a couple of niggles, sure, and I think that's just normal, not yes. crash related. <laughs> if you take two months off running, you're going to then probably overdo. The body's not quite ready for it. Right. Um, or three months, four months. I can't remember how long. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
um so yeah oh, there wasn't one specific thing um and i guess what i don't know at the moment is how those all all of those things play together because you, as you know and every athlete you do okay in training but when you put it together in a race it's like you yeah. just don't know how yeah. it's gonna yeah like will my neck be too sore in the time trial position i i don't know so i'm quite excited that oceanside's quite a you know a dynamic course it, it's what's great about oceanside it has a little bit of everything because you start in the surf and then you swim into the harbor and then the bike ride has like three four really good climbs on it and you're in parts of Camp Pendleton, the military base that you normally can't go on. I mean, these are closed to the public, so you'll be on these really cool roads. Beautiful. It's it's a beautiful bike course. You'll dig it. And the run course, you'll have crowds everywhere. It's it's really a unique a unique course. And what's great at the beginning of the season, so you sort of find out where you are, and you'll you'll have a hell of a field to be racing against. Yeah. What I've learned about looking back at some Oceanside results there is that it really does not determine your season. So it's quite no. nice. <laughs> There's exactly. a lot of, in a way, I'm sort of actually holding on to the idea that, and I'm, I, my competitors can choose to watch this or not, but, um, so I'm not saying it to their face, but if you do well here, it actually, it sort of doesn't set you up well for the season. <laughs> because it's a long so, season. It means yeah. you're really fit maybe too early. <laughs> maybe maybe yeah. so um like even just last year it's actually given me quite a lot of confidence you know Daniela came to Oceanside didn't have a good race but yes. because she was obviously in a really good training sort of phase to then completely destroy St George yes. so I'm trying I'm, I'm sort of using that as a bit of a and many others in the previous years who've you know started a season not so well it's okay like I think somebody told me Marinda Carefree was the same you know was able to just start a season and then build through the year so exactly if, if there's an excuse to not be great at the start of the year i think it's this year well it's a long season you've got you're talking when they're talking collins cup in november or something right i mean there's there's gonna be racing it's a long it's a long season uh so what are knowing that you're you know you're you're coming back i'm sure looking at this whole the season as a whole what are your plans for the season um the big the big sort of step at the moment is just to get back to doing an Ironman um so that's that's the the load that it takes to race an Ironman um and I'm going to race Texas in just less than four weeks three and a half yeah. weeks now so that's that's the main goal it's the America's championships it's it's not only a good timed you know time early in the year race but it's also hopefully although I'm not sure it should be a really high profile race with it being this technically on the Ironman calendar, the second biggest compet with Kona and Nice um, being yeah. at the top. So uh, yeah. And obviously it's, it, it has no relevance that that's where I had the crash. It really doesn't. But um, I also know the area well, so I can go straight in just the day before the race race that race um and hopefully qualify for Kona and then that sets me up for the rest of the year and I, I, I guess I just see how that goes and where I need to really focus on um but at the moment I'm just on a very very low level of what in my eyes like sort of performance scale yes. that I just need to continue going super slowly to be healthy to get back to where I want to be in October um but other than that I have no 
plans. I'd love to be involved in the PTO races, but yes. Kona's Kona's the goal at the moment. Right. Yeah, because you haven't had that opportunity yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so from here, you come to San Diego. Then will you guys what drive to Arizona and do some some training? Yeah. Um, yeah. So Mark's actually already set off um, from sort of Colorado. Boulder. Uh, he set off a couple of hours ago and he's driving the 17 hours it takes to get to Oceanside. Um, he wanted to make sure that there was no excuse. The bikes didn't get lost. The bikes, you know, didn't get, there was no excuse. Exactly. Good We're going to be on that start line. So he took that. Um, yeah, it's a long journey, but I think he, I think he's also looking forward to it. So yeah, I'm flying as anyone <laughs> would. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I think it's six hours or something to Tucson. So, um, head out for a bit of heat before Texas because need to acclimatize. Boulder's been a negative five to five degrees. It's oh been God. beautiful, but a bit chilly. Yes, yes, yes. And now is, you've been, have, have you done training blocks in the past up at altitude? Um, I've done a couple of weeks uh, in the Alps in Europe. Oh. Um, but honestly, the there was no... There was a purpose, as in, like, we appreciated that it was altitude here in Colorado, but at the same time, the purpose wasn't for altitude. I'm definitely not in a phase of my training where I need altitude, like, stress or stimula stimulation. Yes. Um, I just need to do the exercise. Um, it was more just an, a bit of a, an adventure trip, I guess, a sort of, yes. you know, bucket list, come and see what Colorado is like. And it's been beautiful. It's a great place. It is totally oh. a great place. From the, uh, the the sub eight challenge, oh, yeah. the fact that you've got a group riding in front of you makes you think, okay, well, this should be fairly easy because I've got this group of folks. And then it's it's really hard, right? I mean, it's like, you've got to stay on somebody's wheel. Right? How, how? And then the fact that you probably rode, probably were feeling like you were on the rivets through, through a big chunk of that bike ride, then getting off and running a 246 marathon, which is if, if someone said beforehand that you were going to run that fast, I mean, that's a hell of a marathon. Did you surprise yourself with that? How fast you ran and also how hard the bike ride was? I think you set me up well there. No, actually, I wasn't. You weren't? Um, no, that like I raced, I did a 248, 249 the year before. Um, and my training had only got better. And um, I'd been training for a 240, actually. So so a 246, I was a bit like, oh, that was all I had on the day. Um, yeah, I, like I, I'm really confident in my run. And when I'm, when you have consistent run training behind you, yes. it's, it's so, it's so satisfying to put down, you know, good runs. And I think there's, some people who think that the sub eight marathon, you know, asterisks by it sort of sub doesn't really count or whatever. But in my mind, I'm so happy with that distance and that time um, after four hours of cycling and an hour of swimming. So it's yeah. sure the caveats there that it was slightly a quicker bike. But I said recently on a podcast, you know, that the men always only ride four hours. So they right. get to they get to go shorter. They get less so. time. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Is there one race that you had that sort of told you, okay, I could be really good at this? You were, you know, you didn't get in the sport till 2015 ish. Um, what race told you, okay, I think I could, 
I could be good at this and I could be, I could compete at the top level. Oh, I don't know. I guess the top level is, do you mean winning world championships or do you mean well, just being um, or a professional? Being a big competitive on the pro field, right? Being, being potentially a podium type of athlete in the pros. Cause it's one thing to go pro. It's another to look in the mirror and say, Hey, I, I know I can be on a podium and I know I can win these races. Yeah, I mean, my my first pro race I podiumed um, with Lucy Charles and Emma Pallant. So right away you I, knew. I guess I knew that that was like a good podium to be on. Yeah. Um, you know, if if you can look at caliber of athletes in like a local British seventy point three in twenty nineteen, um, but I didn't I didn't really I guess believe it myself that I could be a in my eyes like a top performing professional athlete until maybe 2021 when I when I sort of had really committed to full-time training um yeah. racing Ironman Tulsa yeah that's 249 there yeah and I just it felt really in control I look back at that race still as like an easy Ironman which is weird that's an actually moron <laughs> I was so yeah I was so happy with everything it wasn't even the best race. I got a I got a penalty, but I but I look back at it and think, cool, like that was fine. Um, and obviously, then Kona was postponed that year, and and then there's the whole cycle of right. Ironman racing. But yeah, I guess I guess being that close to Daniela, and she wasn't even like she wasn't fit back then, as in in 2021, I don't think. So then to back that up again the year after in 2022 in St George, yeah. That made me really believe that I can win rather than just myself being like, come on, you can win a world championships. I think St. George was, yeah, an eye-opener to how to how to win. Well, especially when you've got, uh, you know, you got Annie Hogg <laughs> coming after you, right? Wow, yeah. <laughs> and you Stress, hold her off. Stressful. Not only you hold her off, but you start gaining ground. That was, that was the coolest. Well... It was just one race. I'm sure there'll be many battles in the future. <laughs> but that's what's great about it is is we've got this uh, between Lucy Charles Barkley, yourself, Emma Penn. There, there's so many. The women's field is so deep. Uh, getting into Kona this year and and having this amazing race with, I'm I'm not the hugest fan of two separate of having the men in Nice and the women in Kona because I love the two days of racing this year. I thought that was having the women out there cheering the guys on the guys cheering the women on 6,000 people on the Island. I, I loved all of that, Yeah. but having that showcase in October where it's just the women is going to be pretty exciting. Yeah, definitely. And it, like you said, the, the depth of field is massive. It's, it really it's going to be multiple world champions on the start line. It, yeah. It's going to be amazing. So when you come here to Oceanside again, like you haven't raced in a while, most people haven't, right? The season's just kicking off. You're going into this just, obviously you want to do well because you're a perfectionist. You want to be great, but you're, you know, you're, you're going to be, however you do, you'll be content with it because you know, the bigger goal is Texas coming up. I've honestly visualized the finish line and mm -hmm. I actually struggle to see it without crying. <laughs> Uh, which yeah, is can be emotional. Not, um, 
so I honestly have no expectation. I haven't, I haven't really allowed myself to think about the expectation either because I don't, I don't want any expectation right. um, from myself. And I think that's the biggest. And w- what's amazing is that my, you know, partnerships who are supporting me, they, they don't have any expectation because I'm racing. Like when we, when we started working together, October, November, December into this new year, like they knew the situation and I'm exceeding everything at the moment. So it's, it's a really nice place to be, to feel that, that support and also just have it as an opportunity. There's no threat to coming, I don't know, eighth, 10th. It really, it, no. I want to put together a triathlon in preparation for the rest of the year. I love it. And one of the other races you're now is Ironman UK. Was that your first Ironman win? In 2021? Um, oh, no. I won Ironman Florida in 2020. 2020, the year before. Uh, yeah. Right off the back Yeah, of that's COVID. right. That's yeah. where you ran 258 there. And yeah. Yeah. So uh, winning your first Ironman, that had to be a thrill. It was um, It was really hot. And what a it surprise. Had been, <laughs> <laughs> and it had been a really bad day. So winning felt great finishing felt great um but yeah winning was like incredible it was off the back of covid lockdown i'd we'd barely got to the race we barely even been able to get into america let alone race in ironman so yeah it was seriously emotional that day but then to win in, in the uk the following year uh getting another ironman win um and that's a brutal course right everybody i talk to who does the uk says this thing is just I mean, when I see a, a 30, what, 306 marathon, I'm like, okay, this was this was a tough one. <laughs> well, it was actually, um, I think it was five weeks after Ironman Tulsa. Mm. So I sort of, I honestly entered it, I think a couple of weeks before, thinking this could be quite fun. It was like two hours drive away. Yeah. 50 bucks for the hotel room or something. Um, <laughs> I did it on my road bike because the course was so bad. I raced it on the road bike with an aero helmet um mark my husband had decided that basically due to the course profile and just generally the conditions of the road i wouldn't really get an advantage from being on a time trial bike some people will but i my descending wasn't i wouldn't say wasn't excellent at that time um so it was just a really fun race even though it's also horrendous it was like torrential rain flooded roads so i was glad to be on a road bike um (laughs) but it meant it was way more fun for me to ride that course um and then yeah the run there's like this cheap like horrible horrible little hill and i sort of jogged i had really bad gut problems i was i'd had a calf injury since tulsa so i hadn't run for five weeks or something i sort of jogged around that so the 306 i don't put that down on my on my list of sort of i'm not that proud of that result <laughs> but to win you with won my family around, yeah yeah it was cool yeah everybody was there everybody was there so from what you've gone through this last six months what, what have you learned about yourself through this just the fact that you're you've you know that's about as low as you can get where your your body is beaten up like that and not just physically, emotionally, spiritually, everything changes when you go through something like that. Yeah, I don't think I've given myself too much time to reflect on my own personal development. Sort of, what have you learned? Yeah, I think I think I've been more focused on 
how can I get better? Um, I've learned that I'm really good at listening to my body. I knew that already, mm. but I think, like I, for example, I didn't, I had a sore hip after the accident. I was walking around, like I came to Huggers on the Rocks and I was, Mark was driving me to places on Elihi Drive because I was like, oh, my hip is a bit sore. Do you think we could drive, not walk 10, yeah. 15 minutes? Turns out I'd fractured my hip socket. Um, that's why it was so sore. But even if it had not been diagnosed. No, there was so much else to diagnose. I don't even, there's no blame there. Um, but yeah, so I think like I spent the next few weeks quite stressed by many things, but one of them was that my hip was really sore. Um, there was times where I like didn't know what to do. My, my glute and my back sort of spasmed. I was like, I bent down to pick something up, you know, little things. I didn't, I, when I, I couldn't drive anyway, but when I started to be, I had to ask for lifts all the time because I was like, no, I really don't think half an hour of walking is a good idea. Right. It just doesn't feel right. So that sort of intuitive, like really listening to my body, mm -hmm. like I, it healed without me really having to do much about it. Um, took care of it. Yeah. And just like my physio background, I was able to think, right, okay, well, if there is some soft tissue damage there, whatever it is, like we'll find out or, or time will tell, but I can do this sort of stability exercise to help with, one, the reassurance, the confidence, and also the strength in that area, if there is any damage. So I just sort of implemented a bit of rehab, like proactively into that area. And I, yeah, so I guess the biggest thing I've learned is those lessons that I now, and in the past, like draw on as an athlete is that sort of just self-improvement physically. Yes. Um, but yeah, I'm, I guess, I don't know. Ask me again in a year what I've learned, and I, I might have a better I might have a better answer. <laughs> Kat, we are excited to see you racing here this weekend. And I'm guessing you're gonna be the person out there on the run course with a big smile on your face, just happy to be out there racing again. No. That that or crime because it hurts so much. One or the other. <laughs> well, we'll have a cold beverage waiting for you at the finish line, no matter what. I love that. Great. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, always a pleasure. Give our best to Mark. He's probably, what is he, driving across the desert right now? He's going to be out here. So, yeah. 17 <laughs> hours of driving? Yeah. That is a dedicated Sherpa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How, how helpful has he been through all of this? You have no idea. I can't even, I try and explain, but I can't. Yeah. I can't really, you can't put into words how much emotional support that yeah. he, he's done everything and and he hates it when I talk about it. So he, he won't, I, I'll tell him not to listen. But um, <laughs> yeah, he's really like really dedicated himself to it in a way, which has yes. meant that it hasn't felt like a burden either. There's been times where I, I, I think he's been a bit bored of me whinging about having a sore back but <laughs> like I'll just stop whinging and then it's fine <laughs> but um That's great. yeah he's he's the, he's the perfect level of um supportive and positivity it's it's been fundamental love it Cat Matthews has been our guest thank you so much for taking time Cat. we will catch you in a couple days yeah see you soon bye all thanks, right Bob. thanks everybody again breakfast with Bob 
Oceanside edition will be at Oceanside 70.3. We start our interviews live tomorrow. Check them out and uh, have a, if you're racing, have a great race, everybody. See ya.